The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Not Another Buffalo Podcast, the bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. Join John, Pat, and Brando every Tuesday and Friday afternoon as they casually talk bills until Pat has to leave to make chicken tendies. This show is for the Bills fans whose loyalty never wavered during the drought, who can't get enough Bills content. And let's be honest, anything to keep our minds off the Sabres, right? What's up, guys? Welcome to Not Another Buffalo Podcast, part of the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm John, of course, and I'm here with Patty and Brando, best buds. You can find us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast, and uh, we're all in a lot better mood this week. So I, I'd expect the over-under to be much lower than 19 bleeps. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, it could be it could be a good day. It could be a good day. That was day the total? Bleeps, it was 19? It was, it was right around 19, I, I think. That, that was my rough count while I was editing last week. Um, my sister was saying that when Pat was giving the hero of the drought and he stumbled and said Ryan Fitzpatrick and started dropping all the F words, she was playing the, uh, the show at her job in the hospital and everybody was <laughs> cracking up. The nurses were dying laughing. Uh, it's such a good moment. <laughs> it well, was it's not going to happen funny. again, boys. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it should be exciting, but no, I feel a lot more civilized after this week. Um, <laughs> what a word to choose. Yeah. <laughs> Civilized. As opposed to savage? As opposed yeah. to savage, yes. I was feeling quite <laughs> savage last week. Well, Bills were savages this weekend, which was a nice change of pace from last week, at least. I think everybody got what they were looking for. You know, like whether you were someone who wanted a Matt Breida touchdown or somebody who, yeah. I, I wanted a Matt Breida touchdown. I didn't so, even know he was suiting up for the things, game. <laughs> two things for this, John. Can you clip? There was a voice segment. I think somebody predicted Matt Breida to have a good season here. Uh, you know, it's like 
10 weeks late, but it's better late than never. No, nah, uh, dude, I, I thought of you when he caught the touchdown. I really did. And now up. that you <laughs> cashed on it, you can say you're on the hype train, right? I, I'm, I guess I'm on the Matt Breida hype train. Yeah, no, honestly, like, he gets a couple more good games in and yeah, we'll be, we'll be throwing that clip in the intro. Yeah. <laughs> it was a freezing cold take and then it got tropical on Sunday. So it yeah. did, it did. Yeah. It was, it was straight up global warming for that take. But. Well, I'm glad to see that uh, the, the juices are finally flowing over there to get some fast feet on the field. Brian Dable changed up his game plan a lot. What do you think about his game plan? I, I kind of have a take on this. Um, so we saw a little bit more of like what the Bills like to do, like what everyone was asking for, like more Isaiah McKenzie, bring back the jet sweep, do some creative things to run the ball instead of just doing it out of 11 personnel all the time. You know, more like rollouts under center. I didn't see a lot of that yesterday. That was something else that people wanted to see. But you're like a little bit less predictable based on formation and personnel because that's kind of what they fell into against the Jags and even against Miami a little bit. But my theory with all of this is, and I could be completely out of the water here. I have no idea, but I really think that they were, they were dulling down their offense for those opponents because it's critical what you put on tape this time of year. Like, you know, if, if you're putting the best parts of your offense on tape this time of year, then it's, it's giving your, your, your December opponents an advantage a little bit and into the playoffs a little bit. Cause I saw a graphic, um, I don't know if it was on Sunday Night Football last night, if I caught a little bit of it, but the last three Super Bowl winners had very similar records at this point in the year. They were all like three or four lost teams already. And so it really is, the past three, four years, it's been teams that got hot at the right time. So The other stat I saw about that was, I think it was the last Super Bowl winner over, it was like way over the majority of Super Bowl winners. Oh yeah, the the game was six points or less. Yeah, they all have a single digit score game where they lost so you know take it as you will yeah unfortunately none of those are against urban meyer but we can uh, uh, we can get hey, past that <laughs> he can you know what he can tell his grandkids no, i was just gonna say it was it was cool to see like i was really happy that they brought in some of the two back sets and i thought that reggie gilliam especially on the well i guess it would have been the emmanuel sanders jet sweep before the isaiah mckenzie jet sweep and then on the isaiah mckenzie jet sweep like had a really nice block. And then I don't necessarily know if they had those tackle eligible plays, you know what I mean? To protect Josh a little bit more, but that was, it was cool to see them kind of put personnel in there to make sure that, you know, he had a little bit extra time to fling it and everything's going well. If you only have to throw the ball 28 times and you you come out of it with, you know what I mean? 366 on 21 pops. Like I, I'd take that. For the bills. It was the, they had 13.1 yards per play, which was the highest Yards per play since the year 2000 and Doug Flutie was at the helm in his last season as a Buffalo Bill. Uh, and that was really cool to see just because you think we're explosive a lot. I think about the the Niners game last year. There's a lot of big plays. Any of these Dolphins games, the Patriots game from last year. Uh, but I know he hovers in between that eight, nine, ten play per pass yards per pass or whatever. So to see 12 yards, 13.1 yards per play is just wild. Yeah. So to circle that back, what do you guys what do you guys think about that? Do you think that they really were do you think that Brian Table just lacked creativity during those down weeks or do you think they really were dumbing down the offense and trying to cuz they they thought that they could just 
man up and, and beat people without too much of a scheme to put on. They tape. dumbed it down, man. They dumbed it down. Like no question. We watched a Ferrari drive. It's like, you're going to go from watching the NFL to walking down the street to watching high school football on a Friday night. Like you can see the difference. And the thing is though, even in this game, you saw him go, like Pat said, they had two back sets more. They had extra blocking schemes, but they also did a lot of under center passes, right? Josh usually throws from the gun and they got play action involved also. So they, they, you know, so it's a, a lot of stuff that changed on the fly in this week. You got to see Spencer Brown coming back with flipping pancakes like he works at IHOP, man, sending these yeah. D-backs <laughs> flying on the field for Matt Breida's touchdown. So uh, I think you got to see a full week of prep with players that were supposed to play this week against an inferior opponent that's going to... Brian Dable was not going to slouch this week. Yeah, I I think that, honestly, like they just needed the spark. They needed that creativity to really make their offense just start clicking and just get, you know, once you get in that rhythm, like guys do their thing better, you know, it's like, but if you never hit that rhythm, then you've got a bunch of talented people that are underperforming. And I think that the scheme not only helped with the skill players, you know, cause we see it help with the skill players a lot, you know, when we're thinking about not necessarily trick plays or gadget plays, but just stuff that's a little bit more creative that you don't see every, every drive like jet sweeps and, you know, that I love the end around to Sanders with the handoff fake, like faked out the cameraman and everything. Spencer Brown got a great block on that play, but that kind of stuff that keeps the defense off balance also really helps your offensive line as well because they're not, the defensive line isn't just pinning their ears back, which is what the Jags were able to do because there's just no sparkle to their offense whatsoever. It was all vanilla. It looked like a preseason offense and... You know, it's hard to switch your game plan halfway through and bring out all the all the tricks in the bag when you didn't prep it that week and stuff like that. So I'd imagine so at least. But yeah, and I think there's a couple of players that make like a big difference that we don't always think about because Taron Johnson coming out of that game and then also not having Dawson Knox, I feel like, you know, and Spencer Brown, those three guys, like even though we only thought two of those three would be like huge difference makers, it's I mean, Dawson Knox only caught one pass. I mean, he should have had two. CJ Mosley wasn't headhunting, but um, I just felt like, I mean, is it a coincidence that we have four different dudes with running touchdowns and D Knox is back on the field? Like, I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe that presence in the run game is missed. And it was kind of like one of those games when you play youth football, when you got a bunch of dudes on the team and you want to make sure that everyone gets a touchdown. Like I was, <laughs> I was shocked, dude. We had we had what four different defensive players with a pick. And then when you have five defensive players with a turnover and you have four offensive players with a rushing touchdown, like, I mean, it felt pretty nice. They were filling out the stat sheet and I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like one of those deals where I hate to use the analogy, but like when you're like, listen, everyone else is doing it. So I'm going to do it. But like when I saw it, that was probably the ugliest, ugliest Thursday night football game I ever have seen. Like when I watched that dolphins, Ravens debacle and um you know after seeing that and there's no the Ravens shouldn't even had 10 points in that game it made me feel a little bit better because you know watching them drop that and then you know watching the Bucks ultimately drop one to the Washington football team like you know I I guess we're all human and it's it's good to see a team respond and I'm sure that those teams you know they'll 
respond accordingly as well. So yeah, Tristan will like this. In the words of Dave Matthews, every dog has its day. Yeah. Every day has its way of being forgotten. Mom, Mom it's, it's my, my birthday. birthday. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know. Uh, speaking of birthdays, so it's uh, coming, we, we got a birthday coming up in the house. Brando oh is turning 37. No, I'm just kidding. That's not it's right. It's tough, man. Once you break 35, <laughs> everything is just downhill. Hey, good thing you're not even close. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not yeah. even close. Yeah. No, yeah. We'll give you a hint. It's the health insurance year, but um. yeah, we're shopping. <laughs> we're shopping. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so you got, you got some memorable games, birthdays of past that, that you wanted to share? I, yes. Yes. Actually, <laughs> I'm glad that we, we, you heard me say this. So this week always, you know, with Thanksgiving, Around the same time as my birthday, we always luck out and have the the week off of school. And there's always a Bills game the week of my birthday. Generally, there's been two buys in the last 10 years. So whatever. But over the course of that time, we have had some great games. So going back all the way to about 2014, we got Johnny Manziel makes his NFL debut. Kyle Williams, Uh, Mortal Kombat at him. Yeah. Yep. And (laughs) it was great because... That was my first ever Bills game. Me and Izzy went oh, to that game. Dude, I, I think I was... Was I there? We went to the next year. Oh, okay. We went, okay. We went to the... Okay, that's on the it list. Was related, it was coming. related to your birthday. Okay. Yep, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, that Johnny Manziel game was right after November storm of 2014 when we got six feet of snow and my white Dodge Stratus got stuck in the house behind the stadium in mud and we all had to push it out. Um, but the Bills ended up winning that game by a lot, if we recall that. Um, I believe it was 26 to 10. And then uh, the next year, November 23rd, we uh, we fell to the Patriots uh, 20 to 13. I, I believe that would be the first year with Tyrod. Um, yeah, that was the game with game. Gronk. He had the cheap shot on Trey White, too, I remember. No, that Trey White has not been drafted at this point yet. This is 2015. So then we get to 2016, and it's the... The year we went to the Jags game that they played the Bills and it was 28 to 21 and Justin Hunter had the touchdown in the corner over there. And then the uh, next year we got a Bills Chiefs game, uh, 16 to 10, kind of a dud, but it, it could be worse, right? That was the year they got trounced by the Saints a couple of years before and the year and then there's the Chargers game. So this was uh, an interesting season, right? And then we got... Another Bills-Jags game, 24-21, to which the Bills came back to win. Um, we were also at that game, <laughs> if, you, if there's a theme of this. And then we got a Broncos-Bills game on November 24th, which was a beautiful day. Yeah, that was a legendary game. Some man. amazing guys from Denver I, I had in my chair. They tipped graciously, and they were very polite. It was fun. And then uh, now we got last year was, uh, what did we have last year? Did you skip over the Dallas game? Oh, that's it. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, would have been two years yeah, ago. Right? Two years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, because we saw him in that same year. I think it would have, that would have been for win number 10, I think, when we saw him. But hopefully yep. we have similar results this Thanksgiving, man. Like, I'm hoping. Right. Trevor Simeon, he's going to be back. Last time, <laughs> last time we, we saw him kick butt together, Trevor Simeon was laying an yep. egg. So, yeah. I mean. The Denver game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, you know, speaking of being thankful, I kind of want to, circle back to what you said about the match matchups that we have, right? Think about this. What so on offense we saw Steph Diggs just dominate his matchup. But he's been doing that every week. Even if he's not getting the ball, he's making his corners look bad, right? And we have that across the whole board. But even on defense, what team's gonna come in here 
with five players at the receiver position that are better than our five players? And what defense is going to come in here with five defensive players that are better than our five offensive? And uh, just watching Diggs just dominate his route, it's just like... Feed this guy. All right. Give him some Thanksgiving dinner, man. Give him the stuffing. Give him the corn on the cob. Give him some corn off the cob. Give him some peas and mashed potatoes and mac and cheese, whatever you want to give him. Let him eat and let Josh cook it for him. I was absolutely amazed that after they went to him so much, they still were letting him go in single coverage when they didn't. How do you not make an adjustment? Yeah. Yeah. I was was surprised Robert Sal is smarter than that. Oh, dude, I, was, I don't. I dis. I disagree, though. You saw how bad Josh Allen made Robert Sala look on Monday Night Football last year. Like, dude could have lost his job after yeah. <laughs> after that performance. So maybe it's just a Josh Allen thing. Maybe Josh just has like a vendetta against the dude. But I, I agree, man. I was, and then he doesn't. He acts like. I mean, I guess you can't act like the world's on fire, but he seemed very laxed in um the post game conference. But I, I guess what are you gonna do, really? And it's interesting because like <laughs> you have this blueprint to win in the NFL, right? You have to rush for, have high safeties, take away the deep ball and tackle when the ball's thrown underneath. That's the blueprint for like every team. But you have these certain coaches that won't do it because they think their system's good enough. He doesn't, he didn't bring too much pressure yesterday. He got away with one that it was like yeah, slow motion happening <laughs> and you just have the Celine Dion song playing in your head. Josh, pick it up, Josh. He's going to hit you, Josh. <laughs> and then he just gets boom, and he's laying down there, and it's just like, oh, like When that happened, Pat's voice went through my head, just going, watch out, Josh. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I heard. Because whenever yeah. I've watched games with Pat before, it's like, if there's a blitz coming, <laughs> he'll try to tell you. <laughs> like, I'll, try to, I'll try to let him know through the TV, you know? Yeah. <laughs> trying to be a team player out here. <laughs> but it made me interested because it looked like that... You know, Josh is a pretty intelligent man and usually he's good at adjusting to the pressure and giving the blocking assignment to somebody. So that was Matt Breida in the backfield. And I wonder if his check to Matt Breida is like, okay, you're my, you're my blocking running back. You have to pick this guy up. Or if the guy that is supposed to cover me on defense, right? If he blitzes, I sneak out for a pass route because I'm going to be open, right? So, Well, I think he did what he was supposed to. It just didn't really line up because, I mean, he could have snuck out to the flat because he's the hot guy. If his guy blitzes, he's he's the hot route. So he was on an angle route that time. I saw him just do kind of, uh, you know, 45 to the outside and then cut into the middle of the field. But it, it was the route hadn't developed by the time that guy came home and Give the uh, the the linebacker DB credit, I guess he he really didn't look like he was coming on the replay. Like he stood perfectly still until a snap came, and it was it was it was pretty well designed on the back end. So, yeah, no, I was just amazed. Like you see that happen to QB's backside, and usually they're pretty more aware of their backside. But it was literally to his front side. I was like, how does he yeah. not see this guy? But I mean, nah, he took it like a champ, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're going against the Jets defense, that you know you're really looking to throw the ball. A, a quarter mile away, you know, I nah, guess you're literally he's probably in his field, brain. So. like this ball is going 35 yards. He's just waiting. Yeah. Like he's not Easy. expecting this. He's got his licking his, he's licking his Turkey finger chops, like yeah. ready to give it to Diggs again. And uh, boom. Impressive that he didn't fumble either. Honestly, it was. that's what Don't I was thinking. Fumble, man. Yeah. Like usually it's like, you know what I mean? There was a little bit of recoil when the guy hit him where Josh was still kind of <laughs> straight up. And then he kind of had to like jump on him and finish it off. But (laughs) it's the same thing with like, uh, who's it? Who hit? Oh, uh, Effie Obata on the, on the Mike White hit when, you know, that that's as close as you can get. 
as a fumble or, or an incomplete pass, you know, but he rocked him. He got him good. Yeah. And yeah. then he had a, yeah. he had a sack taken away from him on the worst. I mean, that was as bad as the roughing the passer call on Lamar Jackson on Thursday night where the guy literally put two hands into his, his shoulder pads and then walked away and no one fell down or anything. So <laughs> I feel bad for you, F.A., and Ed Oliver also had a sack negated um, due to a penalty. Poor guy. Ed Oliver but played good, though. He did. Him and Harrison Phillips. And you know what's interesting? Harrison Phillips led the way on their snap count with only 60% of the snaps. So that's that's barely half, right? So you're really seeing the rotation come through on defense, which is not, you know, you got other guys on this team, every other position group, the top guys play 80, 90% of the snaps. Did you guys see, uh, I saw this pop up on Twitter last night. Uh, F.A. Obata, who we all know is, is, came into the NFL through the NFL pathway program, just like, uh, Oh yeah. Christian What's Wade. his name? Christian Wade. Christian Wade. Wade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, F.A. Obata was live tweeting the Adele live event last night. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like watching Adele's concert. She's just top tier in music. Triple uh, goat emoji. Then I'm serenading my wife. Don't play with me. I know all the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that, that's how you celebrate a win. Go watch yeah, go man. watch Adele live. Well, I feel like British people, you got it. You got to support the hometown girl, man. You know? But, yeah. 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 Big fan. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's fit in a Sabres update here. Breno, you got this one? Sure. It's time for the weekly Sabres update. So we've learned this week that Don Granado is bilingual. Apparently. He read Dylan Cousins' body language when he was asking him if he wanted to play against Connor McDavid, who is one of the greatest players of all time. Don Granato said he read the body language and Dylan Cousins was up for the task. And uh, it, they, they were. He was. He was pretty good. So, I mean, we got a new... Uh, we, got a, we got a guy with multiple hats behind our bench now. All right. So, that's... Uh, for those of you keeping track at home, that is English and body language. This has been your weekly Sabres update. All right, we're going to get a quick break in here, but when we get back, we're going to do a little bit of Colts preview, maybe even wrap up a little bit more of this game because I feel like we still have some more to talk about. But stick around. We'll be right back. With fruit that's as sweet as can be, I want to be your sledgehammer. Why don't you call my name? I don't know if you guys want to take another loop around the AFC here and the absolute, I don't, I don't want to say clown show. It's kind of a, a cluster f- though. Like it, it is. I, it, it's, it's like, it's super interesting though. Cause it's, it's your haves and haves nots. Who's got the quarterback, who's got the coach and who's got out of all these teams. What's the, each team's biggest weakness because it, it's changed throughout the season. Yeah. And it's also, it gets really complicated when you start thinking about matchups too, because it's not just like it's not just like power rankings and number one is going to make it through. It depends on who faces who in the playoffs, that kind of stuff, you know. And we've we've talked about who we wouldn't want to face as the Bills. And honestly, I don't think that there's any anyone on that list that would be like, oh my god, we're definitely no, going to lose deal this breaker. game. Deal breaker. No. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's a deal breaker on that list. But I still th- I still think that the Titans are playing above their ceiling right now. Hey, like man, I think we're that- one missed Deion Dawkins block away from beating them in a thriller. So I don't put know. that on deal. Also, the thing about it like this, you know, they beat the Chiefs also like us, but it, 
The Chiefs are now in first place in their division, and they are sitting at six and four, and we're sitting at six and three. Would you? But we feel way worse about the Chiefs than we do about us. Like the Chiefs have looked way worse than we have, but they are—they're only really a game and a half back. So you know the season is long. So if you, even if you look around the league, like they were talking on uh, Get Up this morning or First Take, whatever, how New England's just the most dangerous team in the AFC East, and it just blows my mind because I'm like. They have nobody on offense. They're on to their fourth running back and everything is schemed up for Mac Jones and their defense is taking the plays away. And it's cool to see that they're doing better, but they're, they're getting way inflated. They do not have any offensive weapons. And if you look around the, the AFC, Cincinnati has better offensive weapons. New England does not, right? So the Bills do, even the Browns, the Chargers, the Ravens, there's all of these teams that have weapons. They just, you know, any given Sunday is... You have to have the coach that's going to take advantage of the team that has a little bit less talent. And, you know, Bill Belichick can do that pretty regularly. If you have an average quarterback, he's going to take that away or he's going to take away what you do best. And you have to be able to counter that with something else. And um, that's what's going to separate these teams. Yeah. On an unrelated note, I think that those that's what those guys get paid the big bucks to do is to not be totally off basis, but, you know, create polarizing takes that. Yeah, we engage the audience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If they just stated the obvious all the time, then you know, they would they wouldn't get watched as much. But anyway. I don't yeah, know, boys. I, I, they won four games in a row. I, you gotta give them that. I mean they they oh, have yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think there's any doubt they're you know, they're breathing down the Bills' necks and in that Monday night matchup that we have coming up in December against them is getting to be a bigger and bigger game. We, we only have to win one, to really, because if we beat them once, then we have the tiebreaker with the Dolphins. So, Yeah, but this is what I don't get. The consistency, right? If they're talking so highly about New England, then why are we not talking higher about Tennessee? Because Tennessee is, you know, a New England disciple coach and they're they're playing well just because I don't think they're good. Like, maybe this is just a me thing. I don't really see Tennessee as like a true Super Bowl contender without Derrick Henry. I don't see New England as a true Super Bowl contender. I see Lamar. I see... Josh and I see Mahomes, and that's it. That's my fair enough. That's the elite teams. And if you're if you're not one of these quarterbacks, maybe Justin Herbert is on the fringe, but I don't see it. And he's, New England's been, not in that class. He's been down lately. Yeah, he has yeah. been down lately. Herbert's been the, down. So, so you know they can be a good team. They can be a, a hint a hint above mediocre, but that does not make them a contender. And they're getting talked about like a contender. And we just need to set that straight. My my yeah. pin tweet on my page, dude. For like since like 2016, not probably not that maybe like 2018, 2017. Patriots fans are awful, which we know, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you got the Patriots fans from Buffalo are the worst type of people. But <laughs> no, it's true, man. They're spoiled. They're spoiled. We've we've wandered four years in the desert, and now it's our turn to, uh, you know what I mean? Like they they the have a great coach, and that's why they're in these games. But their talent is not even in the same. They're on the basement. They're they're taking the elevator up, but we have the penthouse, man. Like we are overlooking the city. You know, we're Super Bowl contenders. But I I also feel like I mean Bill Belichick did win games with like overweight Corey Dillon and David Givens, like playing skill position roles, and you know what I mean. Uh, you think they know. could win a Super Bowl right now, though? I think those early two thousands teams were not that good at all. Like, and they won Super Bowls. Like. Like their, their defenses were amazing, but like offensively, those teams were not good. But Dion Branch and Corey Dillon are better than who are they throwing out right now? 
I mean, Name me, I give me two say, wide I receivers. Damian, from, I would say Damian Harris is better than, than Corey Dillon right now. He's not playing. Oh, he's not playing? He's out. Is he? They so they put, up, they put up a 40 spot. They put up a 40 spot on the Browns without probably their best offensive player. Browns look bad, though. Browns defense looked really bad. Miles Garrett called out their coaching staff. Did you see that? No. I, <laughs> As I he mean, should, yeah. man. Someone's going to take a helmet to the face. <laughs> he was, he's, his comments were like, well, we, we stayed in our same system the whole time, even after it was proven to be not working. Bill Belichick took it away, and we did not make adjustments. Even when we had the time to make adjustments, we didn't make adjustments. So I, I don't know what the coaches were thinking. And that's what it was, his quote was. Dang. Well, that's telling. Yeah, yeah well, I don't so, want to play devil's advocate. I hope they suck. Um, you know, but <laughs> I just, I think that's going to separate these teams, and that, you know that's why Belichick got the game in Cleveland, and you know he's not going to lose to his old team that he coached for. It's just one of those things, right? Like, so I just you know they can be. We can look at them. It could be a closer game than it was last time we played them. I mean, Cam Newton put them in a position, and then he fumbled. But that second game was just straight demolishing them. Of all the games left on the schedule, I think that the one that is least guaranteed to be a win is the Bucs and the close second is the Patriots game. And really both Patriots games because we still got two left. So not because I think that Mac Jones has, you know, he's serviceable right now. He's getting better and better each week, which is scary because we get to play him at the end of the season. I feel like every single year that New England stumbles at the beginning of the season, we're playing them late. Like, even with some of Brady's teams, they always talked about this extended preseason with the Patriots where the first four games, there were some years that they won the Super Bowl that they started out two and two in the first month. And we're like, man, why can't we be one of those teams that gets to play the Patriots in the first four weeks of the season? It's like, because Bill Belichick just keeps refining his team. They get better and better at the scheme that he's trying to implement. You know, because I feel like if you're trying to, if you're trying to get into Bill Belichick's scheme, like you're constantly figuring that out and getting better. And it, it's, Probably not an easy scheme to run as a player. But anyway, I think that that's the most dangerous. And honestly, like, I don't think you can overlook this game that we have, enough, have coming up. No. Frank Wright, man. Frank Wright's a guy. He's, yeah, he's a good and, dude. And I don't want to downplay the Colts. They haven't looked very great all year. They're not the team that we thought that they were going to be. But they have some They have some game breakers. Like Jonathan Taylor yeah, is one really of the better running backs in the league. 22 man. years old. I did not know he was that young. But Michael Pittman is also like 22 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I think what if, I I want to say I want to say John rushed for geez like 98 yards in the first quarter like um, something like insane like carries. that. It, what do you yeah. have? When I checked his stat line, it was like 115 on nine carries or something was, like that. It was an yeah. insane stat line. And if we don't have Star, if we don't have Tremaine, if we don't have you know everybody on our defense at full health ready to roll, then that could be an issue. Well, and Quentin Nelson is one of the best offensive linemen in the game, and he gets yep. out in front. You know what I mean? He can pull like the he's screen game. playing fullback. You know, I, if anything, I think that a benefit of these this past week and then going into the Colts game is that Carson Wentz really doesn't have a lot of mobility. I mean, for as bad as Trevor Lawrence played, he did have some escapability. And Tanny Wheels obviously beat us, um, you know, um, but I, I don't know. It's just one of those deals where, like you said, and I mean, there's guys we don't even talk about, like Jack Doyle, Moeli Cox. Like those guys are studs. Like they, that might be uh, the best who's one. Two, linebacker, DeForest, not DeForest uh, Buckner's defensive end, Darius Leonard. Leonard. Darius Leonard, yeah. There's a there's a video though of Darius Leonard running as hard as he can, trying to hit Josh Allen and getting stood up though, which is hilarious in the playoff game. But 
I mean, I don't know. It's one of those deals. I think that they're an underrated team. And then Xavier Rhodes, dude, like for as old as he is, he plays at a super high level. Like I'm just saying for us, the two things I would watch out for because Michael Pittman, I, I don't know, maybe he is good. He dropped a terrible pass in Orchard Park, which I'll never forget. Thank you, Michael. Um, but like the two guys that burned us in that playoff game, Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox, dude, those guys at the tight end position were amazing and they can block like, I mean, that, I'm just scared they're going to run the balls down our throat. You know? They have a but, team that's built for what they do, right? They can run play action. They can run the screen game. They can just flat out run the ball. And if Carson Wentz, it depends because we have that secondary that can get a couple picks or five or three, whatever we need. And you saw it with every quarterback that has not been pinpoint accurate that we make them pay. And Wentz gets away with some with some throws that are not on target. But I I would say... That you're right. And the other thing is, I will say it all day long. Frank Wright is a good coach and it'll be close. And think about the last time. I, the last time the Carson Wentz came to Buffalo with that Philly team and rolled the Bills in that like wet, sticky November game, like 26 13, maybe they had a lot of running yards. And it was the same exact game plan. It's going to be to run the ball, throw on play action, get the linebackers off their balance. And that's why we're going to need everybody at full health. Yeah. I'd be scared of a low scoring game with the Colts. I think yep. if yeah. I think if the offenses get going and it's a high scoring affair, I'm not worried about it because we got more firepower than they do on offense. But yeah, low scoring game if if it's dominated by the running backs in any way, then then I think you're looking at a much scarier um, second half and, and result and that stuff. But anyway, before we get into our standout of the drought, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Jay and Silent Bob in our fantasy league, which is Pat's team, <laughs> who not only secured a victory, but did so with his quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, scoring nine and a half points only. So yep, over the defending champ. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the New York jets of this fantasy league. I show out about three times a year and, um, the other times I look terrible. So. <laughs> Mike is yeah. sick. He had zero points and you still won. <laughs> zero. It's a fluky week, man. It was a fluky week. I'll Every, take, I'll the take past it. three weeks have been fluky. Like in every single way, I've, I've like our entire league scores have been down quite a bit. Like four or five weeks ago, we had people scoring almost 200. Like it was, it was insane. But uh, anyway, but Derek Henry's also been out. So I guess that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Brando had a tough week. Yeah. How, how many points did the Bills D get you? I didn't even look. Um, they should have got, got you a ton, dude. It got killed in garbage time, though. Um, <sighs> Because yeah, but five takeaways. So you get like four points per takeaway. No, it's not that. It's not that high in our league. The Bills, they got me seventeen points. Yeah, that's outrageous. Pretty good. (laughs) That's pretty good. I saw there was another defense in our league that was it. Yeah, the Dallas defense scored thirty points. Oh yeah, that's insane. Yeah, Carolina had twenty. They got a defensive touchdown, three interceptions, three uh, three points against, and a block. Indy also had 17. They had a touchdown, fumble return, and a block. They had a block punt. Yeah. I think the Bills defense was up to 24 points at one point, but that was when the Jets still had three points. So garbage time kind of ate into that a little bit. Hey, Joe Flacco, padding the stats, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a 23-point swing between our two defenses, John, when Cleveland comes in at minus six. So I'll take your matchup all day. Uh, Give me the Bills defense. (laughs) Pat. Pat, speaking of defense and drought players, I was at Marshall's. Uh, I don't remember which one I was at, but they had. The you know, old I messed with Marshall's. 
They had the old school Reebok jerseys like this with the holes Yo. in them. Yeah. Of Taquito spikes. And they were just two XLs. Otherwise, they were only $9. And I was like, Yo, oh, yeah. I kind of want to get one of these, but it made me think of you. No, it would be good. And then, you know what you should do? Because Takiyo never got to play in a playoff game. Just like put it on a flagpole when the Bills are playing a game at home this postseason. This one's for you, TKO. You know, and how would you like to be Takiyo Spikes? And then your first cousin, Brandon Spikes, is like three times Super Bowl champion. <laughs> just like <laughs> not even like he's just overweight, ate himself out of the NFL. And somehow he's the one that's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. But, At Thanksgiving, <laughs> he's eating his two turkey legs when he's got a Super Bowl rings on his hands. Yeah, just so they dude. can flash. <laughs> yeah, I got a Ryan Fitzpatrick jersey for like $3 at JCPenney once. Like... And it wasn't, I think it was after the Reebok jerseys. It wasn't the dark blues. It was, it was, it was right when after. they changed, but it was a white jersey too. And granted, it was like an XXXXL or something like that, yeah. but hey, still counts. Hey, that number 14 is good though, because you've gone exactly. through Fitz, you've gone through Sammy, Sammy, and now you could, I mean, depends how good your like laminating and ironing on skills are. I mean, you could have gotten <laughs> like 10 years out of that if, uh, yeah, digs you had like iron on so. patches. Yeah, but you could yeah. still wear a Fitz jersey proudly in Buffalo. Like true, you, it's, true. It's, it's, be, it's yeah. not like getting a McGee or a McGahee, Willis McGahee yeah. jersey or a Jarris Bird jersey or a Stefan Gilmore jersey. It's none of that. No, I even feel like right. if you had a Marshawn Lynch jersey, people would be hype, honestly. Like they'd be I'm like, like oh, yeah, Marshawn Lynch. I had, that, yeah. I had a Marshawn Lynch's jersey. You guys know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the jersey that you were, or no, you were wearing Drew Bledsoe when we went. And for, you uh, had Lynch because we Lynch was bigger yeah. than Bledsoe's jersey. Yeah, when we went for Halloween. Yeah, with, yeah, I, you let me borrow the jersey because I didn't have a Bills jersey at that point when you're, that was like fourth or fifth grade or something like that. I think it was sixth grade, maybe fourth, fifth or sixth grade, something around there. It just came up. Uh, I mean, I saw it. Your just mom posted on the brink of being too old to trick or treat. Yeah, like, I mean, you, you have my glasses on underneath the bag with my acne face. Yeah, we were like, if the Bills were bad that year. That was like the year after the seven and nine. Was that like that would have been a six and ten year, maybe? Probably. I don't know. Smashing but, our heads against tables because Dick Duran was so bad. Exactly. Yeah, I that was still a Dick, Dick Duran. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Patty, you got a you got a dress salute ready to go? I do, boys. Please remove your hats, lift your drink, and shut your trap as we salute this week's standout of the drought. All right, gang. Well, today's standout of the drought was a physical freak, an absolute man amongst boys. He came into college a fully grown man at six foot seven, 245 pounds. He's a native of Bedford, Texas, same school that future NFL busts Greg McElroy and Chase Daniels would attend Bedford High School. Ladies and gentlemen, this uh, individual decided to attend University of Iowa. You know, he went from 2004 to 2006, but a big decision in him attending that school was that his brother played quarterback there in 2003, where they went on to beat Chris Leak and the Florida Gators in the 2003 Outback Bowl. Later on, Chris Leak would become a national champion. His brother was also a complete savage at 6'7", 250 pounds. He uh, threw for 18 touchdowns and 10 picks uh, and also played against a insanely savage large man named Ben Roethlisberger this player's brother did and um, the Iowa Hawkeyes ended up beating him and he threw four picks so um, this guy not quite the athlete as his brother maybe he wanted to play quarterback and they said listen you're just not athletic enough but um, he had mediocre stats to say the least in college one thing that 
I really respect about this player is he, you know, he played five years in Buffalo. And other than his senior year of high school, statistically, his best season ever came with the Buffalo Bills. In that season, he had six receiving touchdowns and 571 receiving yards. He also um, broke a record as he was the first player since Jay Remersha in 1998 to have six receiving touchdowns at his position. You know, this guy, like I said, extremely slow, extremely huge. He was like what we prayed to God that, you know, we, we thought he might, you know, be Rob Gronkowski before Rob Gronkowski was born. Well, actually, Rob Gronkowski was still alive, but we thought he was going to be Gronk before Gronk was Gronk, and he, he wasn't. But, um, you know, he ended up jumping ship at the end, played in a team that was pretty darn close to going to the Super Bowl that lost to Peyton Manning's Broncos um, in 2015. This guy, you look at him, he's got that lost look in his eyes, really got like the Vietnam thousand yard stare. But, you know, he and Ryan Fitz had some great years together. One of my favorites, his career Buffalo Bills stats, um, 2,120 receiving yards, 182 receptions for 17 TDs. Boys, do you know who it is? Yeah, I have a guess. Who do you Brandon, think it you is? Might, I've been I've been cutting off Brandon the last few times we've done yeah, this. Let's so see Brandon, if you, you got it first. Uh, what gave it away is the six TDs and five seventy because I believe Scott Chandler is the only yeah. tight end to go for over five hundred yards before uh, during the drought period, right before Charles Clay was here. And uh, yeah, that was that was my guess too. Yeah, yeah. nice. No, that was a good one, Patty. He was a beast, dude. I didn't realize was, his brother was, was like, dude. His brother was the same size and like played on. If his if his brother's Iowa team wouldn't have lost a nail biter to Ohio State, they probably would have played in the BCS national championship. Like his brother was Who's insanely brother? good. Um, his brother's name is yeah Nathan Chandler. But nice. no, his brother was a stud. Almost played in the BCS national championship game, and you would have thought they would have said Nathan Chandler, mm-hmm. like dog. You're an absolute freak of nature. Why don't you just play tight end? But Apparently he just wanted to sell real estate, but so I like how he uh, <laughs> jumped ship and went to New England like the last hero of the drought did too. Yeah. I'm sensing a trend. Yeah, you know <laughs> some of that misplaced aggression. Kind of happy <laughs> that Peyton and the boys showed him up because I mean Chris Hogan having two rings is enough, but if Scott Chandler had one. Like people would be self harming and in, in Scott, Scott Chandler went to the Patriots during their little drought that they had on the back nine of Brady's career there, that in between section yeah. where like they went to all those Super Bowls and then he's just lighting the league up, but they don't get another one for like 10 years after that. Oh, that's true. And he was like, I don't know. He was, it wasn't even that athletic, just huge. Like if, if he was slightly more athletic, like he could have been a Gronk. Like I think Gronk was just like Scott Chandler who had been lifting weights since he was 12 years old and was like slightly more athletic but like, I mean, at the time, dude, we were losing our minds. We hadn't seen a tight end that good, like ever, you know, he had some big plays and some good games for that team. Oh, the, he did. The I think he caught one. Always yeah. that that's what, that's game. what I was yeah. thinking. The one where Fitzy beat him at home, but yeah, yeah, Scott Chandler, what a guy and your brother, Nathan props to you boys. You could probably still play right now on the <laughs> Texans. You probably do a lot of things if you're six foot seven right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like literally, I mean, I play play offensive guard for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> literally, <laughs> yeah. Spencer Spencer Brown said he's getting a little bit tired. He, he needs someone to be ready to be his understudy here. Scott, <laughs> we were a couple biscuits away from being a tackle as it was. So, like you know, <laughs> and I heard the Browns are looking for a quarterback. So tell your brother Nate, um, you know, get down there. Might have a job. So, um, but anyways, 
perhaps a little bit too savage. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Make sure you guys join us on Friday for Brando's bets and our game picks. I, I haven't checked to see how we've done yet this week, but I have a feeling it's another set of three and three or something like that. Or maybe Brandon did good. I think I had a winning record, boys, believe it or not. But really? Oh, we'll have to check. That'll be good. We'll have to check. That's, yeah, it's worth I looking called at. some of the games that you guys didn't call. Like I called I the Cowboys. Some I called Tanny Wheels. Yep. Yeah, but they didn't cover the spread. No, they didn't cover the spread. You're right. Um, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. We'll review. We'll it. take it. We'll take a look. We'll take I know look. I called the. Yeah. I know I called the Pats though, and I called the Cowboys. But that's only two wins. I could be two and. No, four we got to talk about it uh, on the next show, man. We got to. We got to give people something to listen to, right? But, yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you guys soon. Take care, gentlemen. All right. See you, Johnny. Go Bills. Yeah.